Thank you to Myra Green for her music, her composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Myra Green and her music at myragreen.com or pop on to my own website, bonnytours.com, and follow her story from there. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Passing Places. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if you're new to the podcast, I normally say it's my regular diaries of my travels around Scotland. Now it's over two weeks I think since the last episode and the clocks have gone back by an hour. The daylight is disappearing by five o'clock. You might be able to hear the high gale force winds outside and heavy rain. The leaves are off the trees and we've got localised flooding so we've got both feet firmly planted in the early stages of winter. But not so long ago, maybe a week ago, ten days ago, I caught up with Carlo and Joyce from Boston, who were just finishing their October vacation in Scotland, and they managed to get round a large part of the country, and I spoke to them by Skype on the island, the mainland of Orkney, and they were telling me about what it was like to be holidaying in Scotland in October. So I thought, well, why not have a quick chat on the podcast about what's it like to come to Scotland out of season, maybe from November through to March time or even Easter in 2016. So I was going to give you some ideas and some thoughts on that. And just before we do that and hear the audio from Orkney, let's uh, give a couple of very quick shout-outs for iTunes reviews. I might have mentioned this last uh, episode, but I got an iTunes review from Snake Hips, entitled Walks in Scotland. And he or she said, I found this podcast by accident whilst looking for walking podcasts to listen to when in work. I downloaded a few to give it a try and now I'm hooked and downloading the archive. Keep up the great work, Kevin, and of course, Skid. And then just in the last day or two, uh, an iTunes review from Doug or Doug over in the US. I think I spoke to uh, Doug online and he says, Travelling by podcast is a must. This is a great place to start to learn more and discover all things Scotland. Great stuff, Kevin. So that was really good to get a couple of iTunes reviews and if you do want to give me an iTunes review it just takes a few minutes and it really does help the discoverability of the podcast. The one other task I might offer uh, that you look at is the SpeakPipe service on bonnytours.com. Nip on there and practice a recording and when you're happy to send me a, a quick shout out and just hello would be nice or any thoughts on the podcast. Once you're happy with your draft recording you can press send. So that's a couple of things for you to consider. So yeah, just before we get into speaking to Joyce and Carlo, let's just uh, put a couple of nails in the coffin as to why you wouldn't come to Scotland in the winter. Uh, and it's largely around the weather and lack of daylight. Uh, many of our uh, ferries and our trains and buses are on a reduced timetable and they can be disrupted by adverse weather. Much of our accommodation is closed for the winter. Uh, so restaurants and hotels and bed and breakfasts and things close up. Very few events take place in the winter and many of the rural areas can be very, very quiet. I've got plenty of reasons why you might want to visit Scotland and I'll run through them after the, the brief audio with Joyce and Carlo. Apologies from my side, my audio was like shouting down a, a, a drain pipe or something. I'm not sure what went wrong with the audio, but it's not a long section. And you can hear what Joyce and Carlo thought about their holiday 
up to that point when they were in mainland Orkney. This is funny. We heard about a um, uh, an American man from Boston, which is where we're from, right? Um, who owned a B and B in Fort Williams. So this man, this man we met who was traveling was he was from Fort Williams, and we we met him in Lock Inver, and he said, "Oh, you know, there's a guy that owns a B and B." from Boston and, and for William, he moved here and he opened up a B and B. But um we you know, we we other than hearing about him, we haven't bumped into any Americans. Um and I think we might have we might have met, met a couple of Germans. We heard we yeah we could hear the accent but we didn't right. confirm the but we haven't really been most of the people we've talked to have been they've been English or Scottish. So if you were here in September last year, you were spoiled with some good weather, and then you've had, or you're halfway through, or more, mm-hmm. your holiday now. Would you recommend to people the idea of coming to Scotland, perhaps in October? I think so, but you know what though? I think if if we, ha- I would say uh, just a week earlier might be good because, okay, so we arrived on the seventeenth, and what I what we've been finding is that so like for example, the Cape Wrath ferry the the you know and then to take the minibus out there that ended last week or the week before last yeah and also um the ferry that you can take at the smooth caves to the little boat ride i should say that ended last week a lot of things end october 15th yeah i would say like a week i mean you know you can still do a lot right we're doing a lot but like if somebody wants to do some of the more touristy things, maybe just a week earlier to start their vacation would yeah. be good. Yeah, I think you know we've. I think from memory we've got a, a September bank holiday weekend at the end of September, and then one or two businesses will hang on for another week or two in mid October. But yeah, yeah, really, that's when the shutters come down on a lot of things, just as you were arriving. So, but at the same time, you know, we've had a problem trying to get reservations in a couple of places so it's like they say it's things are winding down but you know like we had to search i had to i had to look for i had to call like eight places before i could find a a vacancy in durness yeah you know and i was saying to you i'm not sure whether that's some of the bed and breakfasts don't want the added uh, stress of feeling that they're open seven days a week when they're not doing business seven days a week so they might just out of politeness or courtesy find it easier to say they're full and then just open at weekends i may be wrong but on that but it, you know it may be that uh, if you come in the summer when you see that Durness has a population that's spread over a couple of miles you know it's quite a dispersed community mm-hmm. maybe there's a, an awful lot more bed and breakfast than i can remember because it is very popular in the summer and then by the time you get to now, maybe there's only 10, 15 of them still open out of 40 yeah. or 50, you know? Right. So, so maybe that's what you're seeing. I was surprised. But, you know, actually, even not, not just that in Lock Ember, we were staying at a place, and right next to us, they had no vacancies the entire week. I mean, the entire two days we were there, we saw the sign outside of there. Well, what they do is they, they just leave the sign out saying no vacancies rather than take the sign down. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Well, if I pull this to a close, because I'm going to catch up with you before you go back to the States, I think at the weekend. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. We'll get to chat proper. I just thought it'd be nice to get you on the podcast for 15, 20 minutes and see what your thoughts were whilst you're on your holiday. Yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, because I'm sure we, we, we probably could do three installments. I mean, this. I wish I was in uh, Orkney. Yeah, well, not today, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> maybe tomorrow, because yeah. today is so cloudy and... Well, I hope your day tomorrow is good. And, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be. And the trip down, that'll be a really interesting trip to come over on the sailing from... Yeah, uh, we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to that. Where's Wait the ferry up. going from? Is it Stromness or Kirkwall or Kirkwall? No, um, to, um, right, to Aberdeen. From Kirkwall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got, I mean, overnight, so we got two um, what they call pods. You know, like you can get a cabin for two or you can get a pod for two. A pod is like you get a reclining chair and you get um, a place to plug in your, you know, electronic devices, blanket and pillow. Yeah. If they can just hook up a drip for you for the Highland Park, you'll be fine in the pods. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know it. Yeah, it would be. So, okay. Right, well, I'll catch up with you uh, when you get down the road. Okay, I lost my video here, too. No worries. Right, speak to you soon. So I had the pleasure of catching up with Joyce and Carlo. Uh, Towards the end of their vacation, we met in Aberfoyle, a small village in the Trossachs, not far from home. And we had a good chance to go through their holiday and enjoy each other's company and get a debrief. So I know they're both home and probably recovered from their jet lag. And they may well be back, I hope, next year. I look forward to it if they do. So why would you come in the the off-season, given that 75% of all our tourists come between April and September? Well, certainly throughout my adult life is, you know, when I've thought about visiting the rural areas of Scotland, it's often the winter where we get the best hill walking, the best climbing. A lot of people really relish the winter in Scotland where they can get out and climb and walk up the hills that are covered in snow. The more expert and challenging climbers maybe are interested in proper uh, alpine skills and they maybe do some ice climbing as well as all sorts of other things that uh, sound too dangerous to me. And then we have a whole skiing fraternity, people who come to go skiing. And we've got a number of venues in Scotland that you should really check out before you come, make sure that we've got some snow. And I've been told that some of the skiing, whilst the runs are short, can be of quite uh, good quality. I'm also aware of a few uh, dog sledging or sledding type uh, activities that you can get involved in. If there's no snow, the sledges have uh, wheels and tyres, and if they've got snow, you can do it in a more... A realistic and traditional way, certainly up near uh, the Cairngorms. I know you can go dog sledging up there. So there's lots of winter sports that you might want to consider. And we do have a large number of uh, holiday cottages that you can rent during the the close season. I mean, many of them don't open in the winter, but there's still plenty to go around, with perhaps the exception of Christmas and New Year. So if you fancy getting out and climbing some of these hills, doing some of these winter sports, or just wandering along the beach or through the forest, when you get back to the cosy little cottage, you'll hopefully have got an open fire 
and you can do self-catering and sit by the, the, the fire and have a, a wee dram, read a book or maybe write that novel that uh, we all have inside of us. So if you're into cosy cottages in the winter or maybe a romantic break, if that's your, uh, if that's the way you roll, then these things are on offer too. If you prefer a little bit more of uh, people waiting on you, plenty of the hotels are still open for the winter and you'll get open fires and good food. One of the things that uh, we've just passed by is Guy Fox Night when we celebrate the bonfires and fireworks and the failed attempt a few hundred years ago to uh, the gunpowder plot by Guy Fox to blow up the Houses of Parliament. So the kids have enjoyed the Halloween holiday, the 31st of October, which was sort of trick-or-treat, followed closely by the Guy Fox Night. And now they're counting down the days to Christmas. And whilst the parents are out organising their office parties, they're also out sorting out their Christmas shopping. So maybe one of the reasons you would consider coming to Scotland with all these budget airline flights available is to do some serious Christmas shopping in Glasgow or Edinburgh. Both cities are competing every year for footfall and they have things like ice rinks in the city centre and funfair rides, big wheels and uh, markets, a German market. Certainly in Edinburgh they have market stalls and I know they do that, in fact they do it in Glasgow too, where you can pick up all sorts of presents and uh, hot food and things. So Christmas in the city centre of Glasgow or Edinburgh can be quite atmospheric. And then nobody does New Year's Eve or Hogmanay as we call it, like the Scots. It's an excuse for a good party and maybe historically too much alcohol. But people normally stay up for the bells and enjoy a drink. And we have a tradition of first footing, which involves taking a bottle and a few other things and chapping neighbours' doors and partying into the small hours. And some of these holidays, some of these parties take uh, a few days to unwind because we have an extra public holiday at the New Year. So if you fancy getting involved in some Scottish hospitality, maybe you should consider a, a Christmas or New Year city break in Scotland, throw in some skiing and uh, a few days in a country cottage and a walk along a couple of beaches. A couple of other things I'd maybe throw in to really uh, put the tin lid on it in terms of why you're going to come is the 17 hours of darkness turn that into an opportunity. You've got plenty of time to go stargazing and perhaps see the northern lights if you're really, really lucky. We've got some dark skies in the more rural parts of Scotland and uh, that for me is one of the highlights of the winter is the amount of darkness that we get. And then really this is pushing the, 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 the pros, the reasons why you come to the absolute limits is our freedom to roam legislation. If you're a a real adventurous type and you're on a budget, then as a walker or as a cyclist you can camp anywhere in Scotland for free. Just uh, pull into a field or a, a piece of ground anywhere you take your fancy within reason, pitch your tent and leave the place the way you found it and you can have free camping. Your bicycle, if you've got a bike, will also go free on our trains and on our ferries. So it's a very inexpensive way to travel if you can cope with the adverse weather at times and the lack of daylight. In saying that, there have been some fantastic walks that I've been involved in through the winter. It's amazing the number of times we get high pressure and dry days and if you go onto my YouTube channel you'll see many of my videos were taken or made during winter walks. So it's not all wet weather and 
uh, dark, horrible days. It's lots of crisp, frosty mornings and one of the best times to photograph Scotland is when the sun is low in the sky and obviously through the winter the sky uh, has that type of lighting. You get the sun never really gets that high in the sky so you can get some fantastic photographs of the snow-capped mountains and with the trees bare from for the winter you get uh, completely different uh, vantage points and viewpoints compared to the summer. So that's about as far as I could scratch my head for reasons why you might want to come to Scotland in the winter. It's going to be much quieter, you'll have the place to yourself and you can get involved in various winter sports and some cosy sitting around uh, open fires and some alcohol. So that's it for this week, a very short episode but I felt it was important to get back in front of the microphone before I end up being on hiatus again after missing two or three weeks. So if you are brave enough and uh, keen enough to try Scotland out of season, let me know and you'll maybe tempt me away from the, the PC and the central heating radiator and I'll uh, track you down somewhere in Scotland. So in the meantime, stay safe and I'll speak to you next week. Thanks. <laughs>